0: I'm Quinn Rose, and I didn't go to art school, and
1: I hate learning about art, and I'll never do it again. (laughs) And I'm Betty. I also didn't go to art school, but I am currently in school, but um, I don't hate art yet, although I might hate school.
0: Wow, so true. (laughs) Um, If this is somehow the first episode you've clicked on, and that was a really confusing energy to start with, this is the last episode of Pictorial. Because Betty and I are both in graduate school for non-art programs, <laughs> and um, it's we this we're four years in, and we've decided that we're we're coming to an end, and it's very bittersweet. But since we have this nice planned and end of the year episode eighty-five, four years just past our four-year anniversary, um, so we are going to take the opportunity for this final episode. To do follow-up, something that we've basically never done before (laughs) because usually our episodes aren't topical and also we record them like a month in advance so there's never any chance (laughs) to do topical follow-up even when it is. But um, we're going to spend the first part of this episode doing follow-up on everything we can uh, for some of those stories that we talked about that were like actual news stories and see like kind of where they ended up which should be fun. Um, And then we're going to talk about uh, favorites and things that we enjoyed the most talking about on the show some submissions from listeners and what they liked the most and just kind of wrap
1: it up yeah this is it's just it's been great and I yeah I wish we had more time in our lives but not not right now and not for a while but it's um, it's been nice or it's been really fun kind of just going back looking at what we talked about some pretty pretty great stuff I would say I think so, too. So if this is your first episode, maybe it's actually a really
0: good one to listen yeah. to. because you, You're kind of <laughs> going to get the rundown on the whole show. And then you don't need to go back
1: and listen to anything else. <laughs> I suspect that, you know, these episodes are going to continue to be available on whatever platform. So, honestly, people can, you can listen to this a hundred years from now. I don't know if podcasts will still exist. But no, I'm going to wipe it from the internet. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> so, and then, yeah, you then we're just gone. We're just done.
0: Yeah. Contact me if you want me to mail you a CD-ROM <laughs> that has the episode. No. <laughs> well, like I said, we are going to start with... The world's most expansive follow up section, follow up on the whole show, everything that we could find.
1: <laughs> and I think I, uh, I'm not going to start at the very beginning because the AI is going to come up a little bit later again, but I did look up, um, so our episode number three, follow the money about the most expensive art ever sold. And um, so that was recorded for. Uh, like four, pretty much four years ago now and still as of today as far as I know the most expensive art ever sold publicly is still Salvatore Mundi at 450 million at Christie's auction in 2017 so that hasn't changed Um, so I guess the most expensive art ever sold hasn't changed now in almost seven years Um, I I did I don't remember if if we even talked about this in the actual episode um, because uh, so basically, the asterisk is that's the most expensive that's that's been sold that we know about. Like, who knows if somebody did a private deal for something more? That's entirely possible. Um, and then also, you know, there are a lot of artworks that are actually worth more than that Salvatore Mundi painting. It's just that no one would actually sell the Mona Lisa, so it's not like we can put a put a price to it that we can under or that we can confirm, basically. As, as opposed to that time
0: that we <laughs> covered Glass Onion in one of our bonus <laughs> <Yes>. episodes. <laughs> yes. And we learned maybe you can put a price on the Mona Lisa. <laughs> exactly. The next big thing with follow-up is our episode on looting and the British Museum. The British Museum doing the looting, not being looted. Um <laughs> And I think that this is this is still, I think, of as one of our most iconic episodes, even though it was so early. I do think it kind of set the tone for the whole show if it hadn't already been set by the amount that we were talking about money in the art world before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, this episode we did in 2020, and it's been over three years, and I think that conversations around uh, stolen works in large museums and repatriation of those works is continuing more than ever.
1: Yeah. And I actually I put the uh, YouTube link in the show notes uh, because this is actually our most watched YouTube version of our podcast um which our youtube channel isn't watched a lot that we have like 270 subscribers which is a lot more than i thought (laughs) would there would be um so most of our episodes you know get like not even 100 views but this actually has 610 views which um i was very surprised by just because i looked at it today and i was like oh wow Um, So, yeah, a lot of people seem to have enjoyed that one or maybe, yeah, maybe they didn't quite enjoy the conversation because it's very um, sad. Um, But it does seem like in 2023, this year, there has been a pretty significant amount of art being repatriated in general to their homelands. Um, it's still a very small percentage of stolen art around the world. Um, but, you know, obviously, we don't have time to go through a, a list. But I posted um, some links to recently returned artworks, um, including just a few days ago, the Met is returning some works that were looted from uh, places in um, like Thailand and Cambodia, I believe. Um, so I was looking, I was like, did the British Museum actually return anything this year? I'm from what I found, no <laughs> exciting
0: lots and lots of people continue to make it a large part or the central part of their life's work to push for items to be returned and and put in back in the care of their rifle owners and I extremely support this um, and this is actually since we record this episode, this has actually become closer to some of the work that I do in my real life, not directly, uh, but I do. I work in libraries now. And while I'm not in museums, there is uh, still a lot of the similar concepts in archives of libraries. And I'm really, really interested in pursuing a repatriation as part of my career. And so uh, it's funny that something that I was just yelling about on the Internet has actually been something that's really guiding my academic and career journey right now.
1: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, the next thing that I was uh, not really quite follow up, but more of just something that I came across. Recently, um, as uh, some of you may know, uh, partway through this podcast, I moved from Toronto to uh, Boston, and I live uh, pretty close to the Museum of Fine Art, and they are actually currently there is an exhibition called Marking Resilience, Indigenous North American Prints. So this refers back to our episode 23 and 24 that we did on Indigenous art. And um, so recently, there's 30 new acquired works um, by Indigenous artists from US and Canada. A lot of them were created in residency at the studios there. So um, it one of the works actually is uh, from Diani Whitehawk, who we talked about in uh, the second part the second part of the episode, so yeah i haven 't gone there because again i've been I did my final presentation yesterday and i haven't slept much, but um, i I'm hoping to maybe give I 'm a member of the MFA, so I think I'm going to go and uh, take a look at what's there.
0: That's so great! I uh, wish that I was in Boston to see that, but I hope that you have an amazing time.
1: Yeah, um, let's actually. Yeah, it's actually on view November fourth, twenty twenty three, to March seventeenth, twenty twenty four. So if you come for a visit before March, uh, let me know. We can go take a look. We'll see. We'll see. This is again. This is not fall off. This is basically. I just when I was going through our episodes and I came was like campaign posters. Episode twenty five hours u.s i guess 2020 election special (laughs) where we didn't talk about the election we talked about past campaigns um and i just remembered that taft's campaign poster which is just his face on it and he is quite a like a has a round face it just says bill in quotes and the fact that he was running against another bill (laughs) i just still can't get over that and (laughs) still so honestly this is one of those things sometimes i would just randomly think about this fact and i'm like on the subway and i start chuckling to myself and thankfully there's a lot of crazy people on the subway that most people don't look at me weird just laughing to myself but i love it
0: i love that more follow-up should just be like remember this great thing we talked
1: about (laughs) let's all sit and remember that for a moment totally and This next piece of news is uh, fresh off the presses, I believe. Um, It is the follow up to our episode 26 about flag design that. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. Minnesota picked a new flag and they were last. I checked about this was a few days ago when they narrowed it down to three and um, as of T- yesterday I, I, it looks like or today um, they picked a winning submission and actually yeah like, I wanted to get your take on this what do you think of the the redesign and what do you think of uh, what, d- did you like any of the other uh, competitors
0: I really liked the one that went viral where there was a very ominous duck um, <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> yeah. in terms of like I think that the one that they chose is really nice like I like it um, it's I would say that it's not my favorite flag ever like I don't think it super stands out to me but I think that sometimes flags stand out I think the vast majority of the time when flags stand out they stand out negatively (laughs) and so
1: I think I think it's a very solid uh, uh flag design and they did a good job I definitely really like this 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 design I think when it was down to like six contestants this particular Uh, design was my favorite Uh, and again i agree it's not like the best but it's still um i think it's a pretty pretty good design that mostly follows all the rules um but also is like kind of sort of unique we don't have time to get into this but i also posted a link in the show notes of just some of the rejected contestants and one of them is like it looks like like they took something from l- the kiwi laser eyes from australia and it's like a loon um oh <laughs> yeah, so. i just sent betty a picture of this one which is the <laughs> yes. one i was talking about They're extremely ominous oh okay yeah yeah so exactly um so yeah there's lots of rejected designs uh you can look at have a pretty good laugh um because i i certainly did <laughs> The other thing I found out recently was uh, I took a drive uh, to uh, New Hampshire uh, recently, and I was passing by Manchester, uh, which is a city in New Hampshire that I had never heard about until I moved to this area. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're from Canada. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And I, okay, I was going to go to the Courier Museum of Art, which is a museum in Manchester, but I actually ran out of time. But I found out that Hank Willis Thomas is for Freedoms. Uh, the paintings that the, those big paintings with the people standing up that he did is actually at the Courier Museum of Art. So it's only an hour ish drive from where I live. And so, um, again, that's something I want to go see. Uh, because uh, I can't remember if it was that episode. But like, I think every once in a while, when we talk about an artist, especially a contemporary one, I'm like, Oh, I want to see that in person. But like, where is it? And you can never really find out this information. And I find out this is close to me. So I'm going to Go take a look. Um, again, I don't know when that's going to happen, but it will be sometime. <laughs> And then speaking of the MFA, um there's actually also currently an exhibition going on there about um female artists in Renaissance Italy. It it's called Strong Women in Renaissance Italy, and that reminded us of um our Elisabetta Serrani episode who was a Baroque artist um we talked about. And um so this particular show is more so about the women in the Renaissance period, but it features artists um like um, Sofanispa Angusola, uh, Isabella uh, Deste, Lavina Fontana, and I had never heard of any of these people, and I'm like, maybe I should go learn about them. <laughs> so
0: very cool. I like how many exhibits there are right now that just line up with stuff that we've talked about.
1: Yeah, actually, the next one. <laughs> Is also about an exhibition. There's also a Mondrian exhibition going on at the MFA right now. And we talked about, we had one episode about Mondrian, which is uh, episode number 32. And then we talked about him again in 67, when we talked about his painting being upside down for 75 years. Um, So right now the uh, MFA has a show that is like, has 28 of his works. And I just found out today that one of them is his earliest known work, called hague forest painted in 1887 when he was just 15 and i put a link in there again we don't really have time to talk about it but i'm just like of course he painted this when he was 15 (laughs) so (laughs) i think this show has a lot of his really like much earlier works and we talked about in the episode that you know i was not personally aware of how um representational a lot of his earlier works are i mean it makes sense now that i think about it but um I'm excited to go see some of them. Uh, Speaking of weird things that happened in art
0: museums, uh, one thing that we talked about, which was a very fun story, which was Take the Money and Run, uh, which is an art piece where an artist was uh, given money to recreate a sort of money-based art piece that they had done and instead submitted two blank canvases and said this piece is called Take the Money and Run, which regardless of how you feel about it is iconic. Like you just can't. That's so funny. (laughs) And... They went to court about it, and he he argued that, you know, this is the art piece. I was given money. <laughs> I gave you an art piece. And the court did tell him that he needs to give the money back. I don't think he has yet because this is still fairly recent. Um, But the court did side with the museum um, and say, like, you do have to repay. But I think that's really annoying because <laughs> the museum director... Did say that they made more money in sales based because of all the press <laughs> on this piece than they had lost on it, and it's like, okay, can't we all just call it square then? Can not we just <laughs> yeah. say maybe he did us a solid and just <laughs> let him keep the money? As I understand, did he steal it? Yes. Is it sometimes stealing's fine? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. This is <laughs> this isn't the British Museum.
1: Sometimes stealing's fine. <laughs> yeah i think i think so too like i i think yeah well anyway i hope he can either find some money or maybe the museum will just forget about it
0: <laughs> so. yeah they did the money that he has to give they it seems like they aren't charging him anything extra or anything he just has to give back there's no interest <laughs> no yeah yeah and they aren't sure he is still getting the the, like, sort of artist fee for making a piece. It's just that the money that they gave him to put in the art piece that he stole, he has to give back. <laughs> Which, again, like, maybe, maybe you could split it. Maybe you could go have a <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh, But no, he does have to give it all back. And, like, hopefully he still has that money to give back because I don't think he's... He says in the article, like, he's not planning on taking this case any further because, obviously, like, being in court is difficult and expensive. Um But I hope that uh, this is... Uh, he continues to do interesting things with his career because certainly like the museum and the artists have gained international recognition that they did not have before so hopefully this is a win-win for everybody
1: yeah I hope so too and speaking of artists I am not an artist but I did give an attempt at um, doing some artworks so after I think we actually recorded this as a robbery I want to say around the time I moved to Boston. I can't remember if it was just before or just after, but I want to say I think it was literally like a week before I moved and then and then I moved to Boston. And um, a few months after that, I actually visited the Gardner Museum again. Um, I had been there before, at, like when I came to Boston for trips, um, but I went there. Um, and, yeah, I actually I drew some sketches uh, of um, windows and doors at the – museum I drew I, I sketched one of the empty frames so there's a sketch a, a drawing of a drawing but there's no drawing in it uh, so and uh, yeah I think this is one of the few times where I'm like I'm I'm like hey I can come to this museum like kind of whenever and I'm not like it's not like I'm in a city where I want to just like see all the art so I just took some time to sketch some stuff
0: these are very cool thank you so much for sharing
1: I'm actually going to visit my parents uh, in Toronto probably in a few weeks. So uh, at the AGO, the Art Gallery of Ontario, where I used to be uh, a a docent, um, they currently have a Keith Haring show. Uh, It's called Keith Haring, Art is for Everybody, and it was... Put on by the Broad Museum in L.A., and this is actually its second stop, uh, which is Toronto, Ontario. And yeah, we talked about Keith Haring in episode 62, and we talked about him again, actually, in the Unfinished Art episode that we did recently, which was episode 81 um anyway so um yeah it's got a lot of his um a lot of his work and some i think we even talked about so um and i think i mentioned that i don't know if i've actually seen a lot or any uh or maybe one keith herring in person so this is a chance to see some more yay um i
0: recently once again visited the uh, keith herring statue in the aids garden chicago and i was like hello i love you (laughs) Another recent sort of like in the news story that we talked about was the Andy Warhol Supreme Court case uh, where there, the well, not Andy Warhol personally because he's dead, <laughs> um, but <laughs> the, like Andy Warhol Foundation um, was being sued because he had used a photographer's photograph as a basis for an artwork that he did of Prince's face. Um, and this was going before the Supreme court and they did side with the photographer. It was a seven to two vote. Um, and they said that it was not transformative enough and that it was copyright infringement. Um, in the dissent, Elena Kagan wrote that this would stifle creativity of every sort, which, yeah, I think when we discussed this, we did kind of land on Warhol side. We were like, not to, stand with the famous <laughs> uber famous artists or whatever because like who cares about andy warhol specifically but just sort of the idea of like not wanting to tighten restrictions around copyright and transformative works um but with supreme court cases it's always like it's about how narrow the decision is and how broadly it's going to be applied so a little concerned about the future of transformative works decisions, but also there's a possibility that this won't have much of an effect at all. It just depends on how it's interpreted as precedent in the
1: future. But yeah, that was the decision. We did like more or less lean towards the fact that it was fair use on the part of Andy Warhol and that, um, I guess, his foundation now um, should not have to pay the copyright fees. Um, But I think a lot of this is um going to come up like it, this is going to continue to come up at, as a as a thing um and so this actually this will lead to this, this does have a great pretty good segue to the next piece of follow up um which is yeah I'll, I'll just kind of go over it very quickly um i put a link to one of the um not decisions but like pro- progresses of one of the legal cases about copyright and ai art Uh, we started this podcast with talking about ai like four years ago where we were like ha 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 ai art sucks and it's never or very or it's going to take a long time before it replaces humans and then we were super wrong um and and then um so more recently and even when we did our ai revisited episode 68 and 69 which i think is now more than a year ago a lot has progressed in the Whole sphere of AI art as well, both the AI itself, but also discussions around it and its legitimacy and um, ethics. So, yeah, a lot of these AI companies are being sued by artists um, for copyright infringement because they basically scrape the internet and get trained on art that was created by other people. Um, This one, recent judges opinion from july 19th 2023 was that um a few artists so there was a few artists that sued um stability ai mid-journey deviant art um for basically um yeah like be training stuff um, and then generating artworks based on their art. Um, And I think, like, there's a few artists' names who are attached to this, but, like, um, they are saying, like, it's not just, we're not just saying, like, we were in French, we're saying, like, everybody was. Um, The judge did recently dismiss it, and, um, like, their opinion uh, was that they, the artists, or the plaintiffs need to provide more facts about the, copyright infringement um and so the judge's problem it was basically that the artist couldn't actually prove which works specifically that Midjourney and Dvnr and Instability AI used from them. And the source codes are open, so they are able to look that up. It's not like I think some AI companies where it's like secret, you don't actually know what it's being trained on. So the judge was like, well, if you know, then then which artworks did they actually take from you? And apparently the artists were not able to provide that information at the time. And then I think one of the other opinions uh, was, or the defendants were basically saying like the stuff that's generated is it's it looks nothing like your paintings or as far as we can tell that it, it's not you can't say something that was made by Mid Journey or Stability AI looks so much like your paintings or something. Anyway, and he did say the judge did say they can resubmit this um, compl- uh, complaint or sorry, lawsuit with um, if they're able to come up with better, better facts, I guess. Um, so, but I haven't seen if they they did decide to resubmit this. Um, but anyway, this is very complicated as we already discussed last time. What are your thoughts on these developments? I know this stuff is important yeah, sort of <laughs>
0: <laughs> like I know that it 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 has real impact yeah but also I'm so tired already <laughs> every time every time I see anything to do with AI art at this point I'm just like can we all as a society relax? <laughs> Pick up a pencil and maybe you'll feel better. Like, I don't even
1: know what to say at this point. So this is a little bit more relevant to me uh, because of, as I discuss in our recent episode, because of architecture. And I was very surprised that when I started school again recently, I was actually told by at least so far all of my instructors that there are rules, but you are allowed to use AI in your homework to an extent so we're allowed to use mid journey and whatever to generate parts of our work so like again they say you can't create your entire final project or whatever with mid journey obviously uh, or it should be obvious but um my instructor says recently for example like if i'm doing like a rendering of a building and um i need to put trees in the foreground i can just go like you normally i just google like you know um clip art of, or like cutouts of trees, um, like Adobe stock I have access to. I can, I can use that. And that's what I did end up using. Um, but Adobe actually has AI part as a part of it now too. But there he's like, um, he did ask me, he was like, Hey, make sure your trees are actually like indigenous to Boston. Cause that's where my building is. Don't put like a palm tree or, or some other, some other tree. Like I know I, palm trees don't exist here, but there are like one of my classmates put like a different tree and our instructor who's a landscape architect he's like that's not available this climate that type of tree isn't possible and we're like we're not landscape architects we are like we're not tree experts so he's like well then go on you can go to um ai and type in like generate trees that are actually indigenous to boston and most of the time it actually does it properly and you can use that so i'm like okay so it is so it is a tool that is helpful like in in some cases like this because doing research on like what the correct trees to use like i just don't have time for that like when my project is due tomorrow no i think that's an amazing use for it too because i do th- like i think that it's a
0: tool and i think that like it's a i've been using like chat as a tool to help me like develop python code i don't know python super well but i can like sort of do iterative uh coding using um using chat GPT for stuff that I need to write code for at work. Um, and then I also like, I'm gonna use it to help like update my resume. Don't worry about it. Um where it's <laughs> yeah. like, well instead of me taking the time to like do this drudgery that doesn't matter, I can like put the description of my job in a chat GPT and then say like, can you write this in like resume bullet points? And then I can edit it from there. And I think that there's a there's so many uses like that. Like what you're talking about is like but uh using it as a tool for your job to do things is like just makes things faster and more efficient but when people are using it to just replace being creative i'm like don't you feel empty and <laughs> yeah and I, yeah. and other people some pe- this is yeah. not what this episode is about but yeah. uh oh you got me started there's this argument now that it's like but it's it's equalizing and you know everyone can have access to the same thing and i'm like okay but making art is, like, one of the main things that makes us human. Every, everybody has access to that as well. And the idea that I've seen some people peddling where it's, like, well, this is an, an accessibility tool because, like, some people are disabled and can't, like, make art in the same way. And it's, like, it, I think it's so gross to say that because there are so many disabled people who make art and who make amazing art. And even – and also, like, art if for almost everyone – you just make art for yourself. Like, you know, like, why do you need to make it to make to be for other people? It's part of what makes us human beings is to create things for ourselves. And I ask again, don't you feel empty? And <laughs> <sighs> okay, I'm, I'm stepping down. I'm stepping down off my soapbox. I'm moving on.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, totally understandable. Um, anyway, yeah, I think this conversation is going to continue to evolve probably and I'm sure even three months from now there's going to be something else or whatever and um, yeah I, I think in a way it's kind of it was nice that we had these like snippets in time of like how we felt about AI art and um, how it was back then
0: and now um i had a brief note on a pretty recent episode that we did on the indianapolis museum of art where we were talking about all the personnel changes and they just hired a new director and we talked a little bit about the ceo of the organization Um, she's already gone. Yeah, I was like, oh my God. She'd been there for 15 months. And then after we recorded that episode, she left. And like, it was, I guess it was pretty abrupt and they didn't explain why. So who knows what happened? But I feel like we left that episode. Like, I think we were cautiously optimistic. We're like, maybe they're doing change and things will be better. And then (laughs) the CEO left and we're like, okay, things are still definitely bad over there. I don't know what's going on, but it's something.
1: Well, good luck to the other two women who I assume are still there, but I, how, how much longer we don't know, like, and any any other people who still work there, best of luck with everything, I guess.
0: Thank you all for sitting with us through the mother of all follow-up sections. <laughs> yeah. Um, Next, we're going to share a little bit of submissions from you, our listeners, uh, talking about, like the show in general and some of your favorites so we asked people to send in what some of their favorite artworks or episodes were from the run of the show and a few people submitted theirs thank you so much um, we got an email from matthew Paula. thank you matthew um, who said uh two of my favorite moments revolve around color international klein blue and its relationship to ultramarine lapis lazuli and renaissance artwork and the bitter artist disputes surrounding true black um, Matthew also said that he started entering the world of collecting art by supporting local artists in Dallas, Texas, which is so awesome. I love to hear that. That's great. Thank
1: you, Matthew. Yeah, I like honestly, I forgot about. Yeah, we spent some time talking about different colors um, and uh, also talked about how uh, some people definitely don't work with Anish Kapoor. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Every time I see anything
0: about Anish Kapoor in the Internet now, I have a little chuckle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah um and so I have a uh, it's not actually this person didn't t- say anything about their particular fave um but it was um uh a message from the website formerly known as twitter um uh from damien uh who's at not at all shot um yeah um i just i put that hey the episode the show is ending you know it's um, i'm tear emoji and then um damien just says yeah we'll miss it um i love saving a pictorial podcast episode for a moment where i am excited to be intrigued and learn something new and that's just super sweet (laughs) thank you damien
0: That's so sweet. Thank you, Damien. I love saving, uh, researching a Victoria podcast episode for a moment when I'm excited to be intrigued and learn something new. So (laughs) a a shared experience. I also got a message on Instagram from Davis, uh, who said that their favorite episode was the British Museum episode, which we did talk about in the follow-up section. Um, And yeah, like I said before, I do think that is one of my all-time favorite episodes as well. And I mean, I haven't re-listened to it or anything because the idea of re-listening to any episode of this show is kind of akin to, like, being waterboarded. <laughs> yeah. Um but, but I just kind of, like, have fond memories of it, and I like that it resonated with a lot of other people as well, because we can all really be united in this world against the British Museum.
1: Yeah, um, so I actually, I received another message, this is actually on our YouTube channel, um, and it it was a comment to one of the videos. And I actually literally received this comment or like this comment was posted about a week before we actually announced the show is ending. So this isn't actually specifically this person send, putting this message for the show is ending. But it just, it's just such a nice message. Um, and I just was, um, it made my day, or week, or maybe even life. Um, so, um, but yeah, um, so it's from at Fisher Court. And they say, um, this show is absolutely amazing, in all caps. Um, and I really enjoy listening to your conversation in the background. Meanwhile, there are visuals in the video with context, title. Um, there's actually images also in the um, show podcast art Um, what is that called again i forget the uh chapter artwork Oh, the chap. Yes, the chapter artwork. So even if you're not watching the YouTube, you have access to that. But anyway, it provides context, title and artist reference to really engage us in the best way. I am a visual learner, so this helps a lot. I enjoy this style podcast where it's not the same as other podcasts, uh, meaning most podcasts show people sitting in their chairs behind a desk with a microphone and headphones on. They- there usually is one man in charge and he asks the questions, then shows the video clips in any condensed manner. They choose they all just attack the guest with so many questions that are meant to cause confrontation and conflict. Um, anyway, your format is perfect for me, and I'm sure others appreciate it too. Thanks so much for your conversation and awesome knowledge on these topics. Heart, heart, heart. This is so kind. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's really nice. And honestly, I don't actually listen to a lot of other podcasts these days, and um, I don't listen to Joe Rogan so much. <laughs> So, um, I, I, I was surprised like when they said, oh, this is not like other podcasts. And I, yeah, I think we, we definitely are quite unique and I'm glad we're not like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, those types of podcasts, I
0: guess. Yeah. I know, vi- uh, I know video podcasts are getting more and more popular, especially at, especially as short form video becomes more and more essential for internet promotion and, both of us, I think, decided a very long time ago that we were not really trying to go viral. We're not out here trying to like get a huge audience. Like we wanted to make the show that we want and talk about things that are interesting to us and just stress that like people who are interested in it will listen and people who are not interested won't. And like that's fine. Um and the idea of sitting here and recording me talking is is like the idea of like getting dressed for the podcast (laughs) oh god no i am in (laughs) leggings i am like what do you want for me
1: (laughs) yeah exactly um
0: so that there was no chance in hell on that of that ever happening but we, we decided to do the youtube version one because you're a youtuber and we knew that there are some Like potentially some audience there, they'll be interested in watching, like specifically your work on YouTube, and also because what we're talking about is so visual, and we wanted to give people every opportunity to to be exposed to our conversations in a visual setting. But that was never going to be our faces, because again, like, what do you want to just watch me talk? I'm not (laughs) interesting on camera. (laughs) (laughs) But the chance to look at our to, to look at what we're talking about, which is like the actually interesting thing for us, and I say that like the short form the the like short form vertical video of some podcasts out there like you guys are doing great people some people are very funny and charismatic and i enjoy watching their
1: little clips and i check out their podcasts whatever but that was never gonna be us yeah exactly and um yeah i do so this episode that we're recording right now the video version probably won't be out for a little while and because the video versions are a little bit behind and that's because of me and originally i was editing them and i then was like oh my god i do not have time for for this and so i do just want to uh thank my uh two editors i've had uh one one of them is byron lewis um and then currently tyler thompson is the editor and thank you tyler because i would not (laughs) there would not be video episodes um without without byron and tyler so um yeah tyler will most likely edit this one too and then it will go on probably a few months from when this audio version is released and um and uh yeah I'm, i'm glad they exist thank you everyone out there who is
0: listening and who's ever said anything nice about the show especially the people who wrote in with a few of their faves and kind of positive fuzzy feedback for ending episodes very very sweet um and i guess we just want to end talking a little bit more about some of our favorites which we've already talked a bit about but just to highlight some things that haven't come up yet um, and the first thing that I want to highlight that it's not come up yet is our zines episode. I thought it was really fun to talk about zines. Um, that was one of my episodes. And I really got to highlight something that is like kind of a pet passion of mine that I'm really trying to like learn more about and get more into these days. Um, and it was really fun because it was an excuse for us to do a little creative project and to make our own zines. Um, and I loved being able to do that. I think if the show continued and we had any time in our lives i would love to make that a bigger part of the show where we do little challenges like that um but we really only had the time to do one or two of those over the course of the show and the zune one was very special to me
1: yeah i really enjoyed that one and um that this actually is a video episode that's probably coming out within the next um it's probably around the time that this audio final episode is coming out so tyler's editing that right now and yeah i asked quinn to send some um uh, pictures of uh of her zine because Tyler was trying to download them off Instagram and apparently that's like almost impossible. <laughs> like, so um and um yeah and I remembered that and I did a little zine um uh, myself that's like a it's like a pictorial zine which actually features some of my fave episodes. So it's you know another full circle. <laughs> so So meta. I already talked about some of my faves, um but one that I just remembered also today is I actually really enjoyed the Florida Highwaymen episode. That was one where I had just wanted to talk about it for a really long time and I've, you know, finally decided to and it's an episode about people yeah who were not like really recognized for a really long time and I think we we do spend some of our episodes are about that. It's about like, you know, these are artists that are not mainstream and but they are awesome (laughs) and there are many reasons why they have kind of been kept out of the art world and um, and I'm glad that you know they eventually got some level of recognition and so yeah I I really enjoyed that episode. Yeah that one was really cool. One that
0: we have mentioned briefly but I just want to highlight a little further is This is a Robbery um, which is when we watched the documentary about the robbing of the Gardner Museum and that was just so fun because I feel like we just had a really good time discussing that and also making fun of some of the aspects of the documentary like how many times they mentioned it was Rembrandt's only seascape (laughs) like that is that phrase is going to be burned in my
1: memory forever. (laughs) Yeah, I remember talking about the part about the FBI putting putting up posters saying they recovered oh my the artwork before they even searched the house, and they just assumed it's definitely there, and were like already decorating the party room, and I'm just like, I oh my god guys like it's i even you know just like two days ago um when my friends were like oh betty your semester's almost over you're like almost done your project i'm like don't say that until i'm actually done <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm nope, we th- cannot an fbi here <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah what have we learned from the fbi's failures <laughs> anyway I I really enjoyed, actually, our series on religious art uh, where we talked about, um, I might say this out of order, but, you know, um, Christian art, um, Islamic art, Jewish art, and Hindu art um, were our topics. And, yeah, those were great because, like we mentioned in the episodes, we don't talk about really old art that often except for my uh, later episode about the oldest art in human history. Um, But... It, so it was an opportunity to learn something new and different and kind of have a little mini-series.
0: Yeah, that was a really fun challenge for us. Uh, that is not the kind of style of episode that we usually did, um, but it also that made it stand out to me that much more. Um, and I feel like I learned so much with those. The last one that I personally wanted to highlight was our first episode about NFTs. I think that this episode was really It was such a landmark in our show because, one, this was the beginning of we shifted the way that we did our episodes. We used to pick topics together and both research them and come and discuss Um, but then we shifted to one person chooses a topic researches and then shares it with the other one which I think made our show a lot more sustainable over the years and also was really fun because then we got to like react to learning new things in real time which is just for me like as a host I found it more engaging and like I also listen to podcasts that have formats like this um, that I like find that really engaging as a listener which is so fun Um, but also the subject matter that I'm so oh the whole nft thing and i had no idea what was going on and so it was so fun for yeah. like you were the first person to ever explain nfts to me in a way that like i actually felt like i knew what was going on um and they just continued blowing up after that and i was like i know what that means
1: yeah and i agree It was yeah it was a really great moment uh for our show and i'm glad yeah that you um that found my explanation more easily understood. And that was one of the things that really like annoyed me, still continues to annoy me about like crypto world in general, is just that it's full of jargon and um and not all of it is necessary, in my opinion. And again, like in that episode I, I do like admit that I am like, I don't hold any NFTs because I still think NFTs itself are not really worth investing into. Um, but I, you know, I am someone who has interest in blockchain and, and crypto. And I think it is um, like, this is, I'm, I'm also kind of tired of this. It's like the AI thing. And I did read actually um, something someone wrote about A- the AI art um, uh that it's basically they're saying you know like a lot of these inventions it's like when humans discovered fire like is fire good is fire bad (laughs) it can be both (laughs) like you know so a lot of these things have the potential to like revolutionize our like you know civilization and uh, or, or maybe not even not even that far but like has the potential to to be really great and and to have positive impacts um and i do think crypto has that potential there are like <clears throat> things like i mentioned in the episode that has to do with libraries and archives that are potentially could be very helpful um and um, but it could also suck and a lot of it does <laughs> and the last, the most, you know the last few years a lot of people have also lost a lot of money because of the NFT crashes and whatever like it's, it's um, I, I think it's important to have um, critical conversations about these things um, even though um, you know, a lot of crypto stuff I'm just like, oh, whatever <laughs> like, yeah <laughs>
0: I mean that was exactly me when you brought up AI art, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, and I think uh, more recently uh, we we also did a um, it's like kind of like a series on the Venice Biennale, or it kind of turned into that because I did a two parter on the art um, version of the Venice Biennale, and then a year later when the architecture version was happening, I did two or two episodes, uh, or uh, like we talked about them, and I kind of introduced the architecture biennale again with a history and then what the current year is and yeah like i think again like if we were doing this in the future i'd love to like be like live from venice (laughs) like it's pictorial um but eh, you know who knows um I just I found that a lot of fun, uh, and I really actually enjoyed when we talked about the um, uh, cr- cranky old man Patrick Schumacher in the last oh episode. Um, and uh, yeah, so that that was uh, that was a lot
0: of fun. I always forget about the cranky old man that we talk about in these episodes. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, yes, One important sort of figures in our history is us clowning on people. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and actually, so yeah, I do have, I guess, a bonus favorite, technically, um, which is it's not an episode actually that everybody has access to, unfortunately. Um, It's uh, what our first membership special, which we did a review of the Da Vinci Code, and that actually remains one of the, like, I think the favorite episodes that we've recorded um so uh if you are a member which I I, I know there are some who are um you should continue to be a member so you can listen to that again if you
0: have time that still is the most iconic members episode we did even though we talked about progressively better pieces of media (laughs) as we went yeah starting with the Da Vinci Code I felt (laughs) like I was losing my mind watching it and then talking about it later and honestly like this show this is the end of the show. You can't you can't become a member of it anymore. I encourage you to become a member to other shows on Relay FM, and you can go back and listen to it if you're interested. But um, if you don't, uh, if you're not in a place where you can do that right now, um, just email me and I'll email you the MP3 because it is an iconic episode, and anyone who supported us and got this far, um, I want you to be able to hear that if you are interested. So just putting that out there.
1: Uh, totally. <laughs> and. Yeah, I think those were all the follow-up that at least I had written down.
0: This is the conclusion of the show. We're going to record this, and then it's coming out in like two weeks after we record it. And tomorrow, the British Museum's going to blow up. And we're going to just be like, well, <laughs> it wasn't included in our wrap-up for the entire series. And... That's not our fault. Okay. Yeah. So if the British museum blows up tomorrow.
1: <laughs> we didn't do it. <laughs> we, we had no control. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> um, I am actually going to still continue to make YouTube videos. Again, it's not going to be very uh, frequent because, again, like I'm still in school and will be for a while. Uh, but, yeah, I am still going to be somewhat active on the Internet. Um At least that's the plan, um, because there are a lot of other topics that I think still would be suitable for like medium form, I guess. Video format is what I do. Um, And so there actually may be some episodes or some art related topics that might have become pictorial episodes that will now just be articulations episodes. So if you want to know more, then please subscribe to
0: articulations on YouTube. That's amazing. Everybody subscribe to Betty. Her videos are awesome. I'm basically not on the internet anymore. I'm like barely on Instagram. I'm barely online. You cannot contact me. Um, and that's fine. No one no one is allowed to talk to me. And I'm i'm good
1: with that after this quinn is like gonna block me and i'm never gonna (laughs) hear from her again
0: (laughs) the only place on the internet that i'm active anymore um is tumblr and it's impossible to find me on there unless you know what my username is and that's the way i like it so um if you can find me feel free to follow but i'm not gonna link it or anything like that's good luck Betty, doing this project with you over the past four years has been so fun. This is the longest creative project of my life, and I am so glad that I got to do it with you. And I, even though we aren't making this podcast anymore, I hope that we
1: have many, many conversations about art in the future. I definitely agree with that. And yeah, I'm just, I, I'm still, yeah, I'm amazed that we've we've made it this far, honestly. And, but I'm, I'm really glad we did. And yeah, like I said, if whenever you're in Boston, or I guess whenever I'm in Chicago, we should go see another show together and discuss the effort. Absolutely.
0: Thanks to Mike and Steven and everyone at Relay FM for being so supportive of the show this past few years. And thanks most of all to everyone for listening. I appreciate every single one of you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> thanks for listening, art enthusiasts. Bye. <laughs>